Pickaxe. Hello, and welcome to the Chance Encounters podcast. We've been running board game cafes around the UK for about seven years now. From Hindus to family reunions, first dates to breakups, we've recommended the perfect game for every situation, and now we want a fresh challenge. Every episode, we'll be inviting a guest on to put our board game knowledge to the test. They'll come armed with an abstract and absurd scenario, and it's up to us to figure out what the situation calls for and recommend a game that totally tips their hell cow. Whoever's recommendation our guest loves the most will score a point, and at the end of the series, a one person will be crowned the Titan of Board Games. <gasps> we are legally allowed to give out that crown. Oh, I have checked it with the lawyers. <laughs> I am Richard Scarsbrook, and I have a dear love for anything that requires a spreadsheet, so board games are totally up my alley, and any points-related things, um, ask me. I, I, I'll give you a spreadsheet for it. Um, I am joined by my co-host, Ben! Hello, I'm Ben. I'm with the Yogscast, where I make videos, but I'm also a massive nerd, and I love board games. Um, I also enjoy a spreadsheet, but I do need it really heavily themed up with some fantasy or sci-fi elements to keep me interested. So when I'm at work, I, I, people do ask me if I'm working or playing a game, but I assure you it's just a very heavily themed spreadsheet. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, our guest uh, guru for the, this week is Dickie. Hi, uh, I'm Dickie. Uh, I have been working for Chance Encounters in a variety of fun Basically just doing fun things for Chance Encounters for a very long time now. Um, currently running events um, like Blood and Clock Tat and everything. And I tend to have different grid-based preferences to, uh, to spreadsheets. Spreadsheets not my thing. Not really. Are you more of a hexagon spreadsheet? Of a... Ooh. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I've never <laughs> seen one of those. I mean, I, I'm sure I'd prefer it because it's not a spreadsheet, but like... I've yeah, never no, thought I about that. They're, they're, they're like a yeah. necessary evil in my mind. Would a hexagon spreadsheet be be better? I mean, in of terms of D and D, like there's there's a big there's a raging war between hexagons and squares. <laughs> spreadsheet. Oh, you, I'm going to be staying up tonight thinking about that all the time. <laughs> You're going to be searching for some kind of Google Chrome add-on to convert all your <laughs> spreadsheets. Oh my god, yes. Um, and our guests this week, it's our first time having two people on, so we'll see how this goes. We've got Together Studios, Jen Ellis and Keith Baker. Hello. Um, okay, I guess we have to talk about spreadsheets, which believe it or not, as game designers, we use a lot of. Uh, I do believe that you got to spice them up. A little pivot table here, a little pre-done drop-down, um, you know, a little links. Uh, I, mean, I, I prefer to leave the spreadsheets to you, Frank. Uh, well, <laughs> isn't that just that's, that's really, why we're a team? That's privilege and privilege right there. If yeah. you ask me, but, you know, um, how many Gloom expansions are? Do well, you, that's uh, a good point. Every Gloom expansion is a spreadsheet for yeah. sure. Uh, knowing how many character limits are are. Uh, I mean, available in that little tiny space. The and, problem is, whenever you do a gloom spreadsheet, you know it's going to crash. I mean, it just, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's the nature of the beast. That's true. Wait, you, you put so much into a spreadsheet that it actually crashes the spreadsheet. Um, the maximum on, it used to be, I, I have not pushed the limit on this. The maximum lines on a, a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet is 30,000. That I know 
for a reason. So, uh, but that was when I was in software development and things like that. So, oh, okay. This isn't like the lost gloom expansion that's no, like no, no, thousand no, cards. I'd have said yes. That would have been so much better. But, um, but uh, just so many ideas. But you know, something big boxes of everything now. Expansion. That's yeah. how you win. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, thank you for taking time away from your um, your spreadsheets to uh, come on the podcast. And I, I hear you've come along with the scenario, perhaps? We have. We have not talked about it in advance. Um, okay. So, um, okay. So, um because mine would have been set in Eberron. Yes. It would, <laughs> I would be saying I you're about that. to be swallowed by a dragon. What you know. All right. Yeah. Maybe we should do like an exquisite corpse where I start and then you, and then we come up with like a wild thing. Both. I okay. Well, let's you're the, you're the, well, okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, all right. So I'm, I'm walking in uh, to uh, Chance Encounters. I've walked to the mm. bottom of the Christmas steps because I'm in Bristol, right? Love it. Um Open the the blue door. I walk in. I go to the counter and I said, "Well, I'm meeting my date. We've been dating for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes word games. He plays Wordle every day, uh, but he's kind of a terrible speller. We definitely want a two player game. I don't want something that I want something well balanced for two player." Um, they are. They love fantasy stuff. He plays D anD. d Mm-hmm. Throw that in there. Um, I don't want anything bigger than your smallest table, which let's assume, and I know this is not true. Uh, we want something that we're going to love so much. We're going to play it on train rides as well. So like the little tiny tray table on a train as well. Yeah. Something that travels really well. He likes word games and um, D&D and kind of fantasy stuff. Um, I like... I love anything cute. So, um, you know, any kitten theme things I would do any like, uh, other things. Oh, and if it has dice, that would be great. I love dice. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a pretty solid complicated any, scenario. Yeah. If right you have there. any questions for me, let, let me know. I can kind of clarify a little. So to wrap that up, that's preferably a, a two player board game. That's quite small. That is themed around D&D cats. <laughs> and for someone that can or can't smell, doesn't doesn't matter which one. And length, how long would you like this game to last? Um, Are they short train journeys? Yeah. Um, you know, no more than an hour. Um, you know, I, I can't do anything more than an hour. See, I was totally just going to go for. I want a game where, where like you have a family, but you have to kill them, and like just totally <laughs> make uh, see if we can get all of our games recommended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Wait, but I'm here for the cat dice word word game. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And these are very typical. So I was I was telling the team here on the podcast before is. Yeah. I love finding games for people. It is one of my favorite things. It is like the perfect, it's like the spreadsheet flow chart in my head when people <laughs> talk, right? You know, when they say all the things uh, that they want. Um, Keith and I used to uh, run all of the events on Joko Cruise, which is a full ship 
geek cruise charter and we had a board game library with a team that would recommend uh, games to people and a library of like 800 titles and events and how to play events and things. Um, And so in addition to designing games, we like having that experience of people kind of coming up and asking what they like is like an amazing experience. Mm. People sometimes don't always ask exactly what is uh, they only know what to ask for what they've already played or what they know mm-hmm. exists. Mm-hmm, so I'm yeah. very intrigued about where you kind of take this, this recommendation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, yeah, when they're asking for games, they don't tell you certain things and then you, you, you think you've got the perfect match and you give mm-hmm. them the game and then they're just like, Oh no, I hate cards. Yeah. I don't want any cards. Yeah. In my or, game. Oh, Sagrada <laughs> looks so great. Oh, except everyone's colorblind except me, you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> So that would have, that would have been really good information to know before I went into it. I uh, I did recommend a game called Hues and Cues to someone who was colorblind, and I didn't realize that until afterwards. So I was like, "This is such a great game," and they're like, "Sounds perfect," but I just can't see anything. I was like, "Oh yeah, fair enough." No, there are those limitations, aren't there, with with colorblindness, and uh, things need to be double coded for sure. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, these, this is like a, a really good ask. Like I've had some terrible asks in my time at Chance Encounters, like, but I feel like I have a couple of options already. Um, you know, we had one guy come up to me one day and just went on a seven player game. that has got lasers in it. <laughs> that's, that's all you get. Lasers. Um, what did you make again? Oh, um, I spent 15 minutes with him. Recommended eight games. Uh, his criticism of every single one of them was that no, it wasn't it. Battle Royale, um, which, as far as I'm aware, is not a board game. And then uh, <laughs> I palmed him off to another member of staff. That was that was my that's my that's my professional work story. If you can't leave me hanging like that, I need to know what game he ended up playing. Um, uh, one of our one of our gurus. Um, Lovely, lovely Mark Doll uh, gave him The Captain is Dead, which I, I didn't know is seven player. I did not um, know that was seven players either. Feels, feels like it would be an absolute nightmare at seven players. But then again, <laughs> I think that about a lot of games. Yeah. A lot of people are just always like, I want a really complex layered game. But like for so many people, I'm like, that's seven. <laughs> that's six people who are waiting at least 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's. You know, a 20 minute game for three players ends up being like four hours for seven. I thought like he meant with actual lasers, like, you know, <laughs> when they reflect lasers off of mirrors to, you know, I mean, I've oh, seen yes. that out there. Um, so since my question was about couples uh, and mm-hmm. we have, you know, we know quite a few people who own uh, board game cafes in the States and we've actually done some panels with them about gaming as you know partners or finding games for people if your partner doesn't necessarily play a lot of games like what's something in the middle and like how to best approach it but a lot of their experience just comes from watching a lot of people on dates and I just kind of wonder you know you have a lot of experience and kind of maybe being an observer of this uh, do you have one tip of not just the game, but like how to how to like couples approach a game that so that they're not like tossing the appetizers at each other in, in frustration? Well, that, 
I kind of want to know the opposite. Is there a game that always just ruins someone's day? Like you get it out and you watch them and you're like, oh my God, no, someone, someone go stop them. That game is going to ruin this date. Photosynthesis? <laughs> I think photosynthesis is like, yeah. Yeah. I, I literally had a date ruined by photosynthesis. It looks like it's going to be this lovely, chill game. Um, and it's not. It's just mean. Yeah. So I, I have a couple of things here. A... We, this is one of our questions when we interview gurus is what kind of thing would you recommend for a first date? And there's normally some quite interesting answers. I think one of the best ones we had was something like Ghost Blitz uh, or um, something dexterity-based because there's more risk of people touching hands and it being a bit ooh, ooh, flirty. The one that always looks like it's going to be a terrible date is Fog of Love. Because it it starts asking questions, but it tends to be not a great one for new couples. But when we've had old couples come in, uh, one of our one of our colleagues uh, came in and played it with their partner, and we were terrified because they were having a full blown argument about um, you never put the washing out and you never do this, and and just going into this huge like row very loudly. <laughs> in the center of the cafe and it turns out that they'd just been playing the game and they're having the best time of all time we just oh, thought they just it got was really like, into the role play they got really mm. really into the role play <laughs> and had this full-blown argument terrifying the rest of the cafe and then we were like are you okay and they're like yeah it was great it was so good everyone else just leaves this huge sigh of relief like had to send a member of staff up there to be like this is kind of freaking people out, guys. <laughs> Take away the knives from table eight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've first dates is always a, a thing that like is is nerve wracking, right? We we had um, mm. we've had customers come in and revise, um, like the day before a date, they've come in and mm. be like, "Can you teach me the rules?" To these games so that I can oh. seem, you know, like I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, and I don't show myself up. And, and yeah, it's it's a really, it's a, it's a fine line sometimes. Um, you know, you can be too prepared. I just want to win. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you have to, I think. It's going to assert main my dominance on this date. <laughs> show everyone knows like, I'm the big game dog. You would, you would be surprised, Ben. <laughs> you would be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I do think that that, was, that, that could be telling, right? If somebody mm. is like, has to hold all the instructions and has to feel like they know all, mm -hmm. all the answers, like that's not really how relationships really work well. You know, like you're both figuring things mm -hmm. out together. So I can mm. see that that's the other side. But if you're just like, I invited them here and I want to, make sure that you know they have a good time and put a little effort in that's different so, yeah yeah i've always wondered if you ever go to like a pub and then then you just say oh can i have my usual like there's an element of in in british culture where that, that seems to be like a really nice thing you'd be like people know me like i'll have my usual but if you went to the games cafe and that was the situation would that be would they just be like oh okay this guy knows too much about the board games are we gonna we're we gonna have to pull it back a little bit. <laughs> well, isn't that interesting? It's also like what's the perception of that other person of something that you enjoy? Like, and if they're like kind of embarrassed by the fact that you're you know regular Joe and uh, at at the place, then it's probably a red flag. Um, <laughs> Which is why we play red flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many board game references can we get in this entire podcast? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, there's another local I'm designer in about that. It's yeah. life. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the puns will never stop. <laughs> I don't have a monopoly on. <laughs> oh, oh, this is this is definitely my jam. This is great. There's a, there's a situation with my family where we literally will sit around the conversation, like having a normal conversation, and someone will start the puns, and then we'll just sit around like. It, it goes just dead silence while we're all just racking our brains for the next pun, and we'll we'll do this for about fifteen minutes until someone's just like, "I'm I'm just I'm done here. What's going on?" A punderdome was is a good one. That's a, mm. a UK based designer, right? Um, no, I think punderdome was um, US based. It was based potato games or something. Mm. Mm. No, uh, punder dome is a game that I still own, despite finding it incredibly challenging. I think I played it with you once, Rich, and we both decided that we weren't funny enough to play it. <laughs> it's, it's, it asks you to make some jokes about some... Uh, you know, they're not necessarily, like, rude, but they are, like, it's... Jokes about lizards being on a camping trip doesn't necessarily come to you straight away sometimes, you know? Mm. Like, it, 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 it maybe needs to be played. I think it's some of these games... Rather than putting people on the spot, maybe need to be played like, you know, played by email kind of thing, like the old war games. <laughs> you know, just give, give me a couple give of hours to work some stand yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's the snakes and ladders jokes in here somewhere. But, yeah. you know, um, but it is, it's interesting because as game designers, sometimes the first thing that goes in our repertoire is playing a lot of other people's games because we're playtesting, mm. we're thinking about a mm. specific mechanic. Uh, and yet the experience I love about a board game cafe is that whole, like, you're not asking someone to buy the game. And so you're really just kind of matching that game by preference and and the occasion. And as designers, we definitely think about, well, when would someone play this game? Like, what are we making it? And if we're playing it for this, right? If it's a couple, we're going to take it traveling a lot. It should mm. be able to you know, move around or, you know, if it's a kid's game or they're tiny pieces, there's probably other siblings around. And so how do you incorporate and a whole family? And all of these questions. If there are tiny pieces, what are they flavored? You know, like at least get <laughs> good flavors. Yes. Yeah. That's really true. Edibility of components is a big factor in me buying a game. Have you ever played yeah, on Galaxy Trucker? Three and under it's, set. Yeah. it's the way to make it not a choking hazard is to make it out of hard candy. Yeah. And then they can just, you know, dissolve it. <laughs> Like, I really wish those little green batteries in Galaxy Trucker were edible. They look absolutely delicious. They're these little green glass beads that you can see through. And well, I'm curious if we have a recommendation yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how does this work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just jumping in. I mean, I think Dicky was like, oh, yeah, I've got, I've got loads of recommendations I, I'm, to go around. I'm between three at the minute. I'd like to narrow wow. it down a little bit more. Um, do, in terms of your guys' preferences of games, because, you know, I think you can... You can hide behind this scenario all you want. We know you're talking about you. It's fine. Mm. Um, <gasps> <but> <gasps> Easy, cats, word games. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much me. Pretty much it, yeah. yeah. Um, but do you have a preference for cooperative? Uh, or does it need to be competitive? I think competitive might be better, actually, for us. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because it, it's it's sometimes the, the way, you know... Um, Again, with the the kind of rec things we take into account recommending games for first dates is 
do we recommend something where no one's going to lose? Is that important? You know, are they, is, is that going to make sure the date ends well? Um, or do we want something where it can be played over a couple of rounds so that no one's, you know, no one's pride gets hurt and there's, there's still wins and losses, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, um, and any, any massive turnoffs for you in board gaming? Um, long setup. Long setup. If yeah. the game's going to mm. take an hour to set up and 30 minutes to play, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Get that. I think that's about it. I, I have to say, it's the sad thing of, of this is why I tend to play Potion Explosion more on my phone than on the board game. It's just oh, it's easy to... <laughs> you can have like three games in that sort of situation where it would have just taken you so much longer to, to set up, break down, or repeat. I'd say... I, 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 the one I keep on coming back to is Gloomhaven because that is such a beast of a box. I don't know if you've, mm. you've played it. But yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, just over yeah. over the holidays. Yeah. All right. Um, we have uh, two cats in the background will, that will tell you how great it is to they love uh, <laughs> destroy if you try to keep it up on, on your table. Yes. They're like, yeah. okay, we've got a week off. Let's go through as much as we can. And it didn't matter. It was, it was all over the place. But um, Oh, no. We had, I actually recently lost a piece of, I, in fact, my cat and my dog worked in tandem. My cat knocked off a piece uh, onto my floor and then my dog ate it. So, <laughs> oh, tactic. I fortunately had the same thing just this week. Really? <laughs> with, the, with the invention of 3D printing, it means that I have managed to reprint uh, the piece that I was missing. However, it's, it looks a little bit worse for wear. <laughs> this time, perhaps beef flavored. <laughs> or, you know, just it happens again. I mean, again, like mm. I said, let's be more thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to ease it, anyway. May, may, that's, that's what making all the board games biodegradable actually means. Yeah. If we make it, all yeah. of our games edible, we don't have to worry about victory points or keeping score anymore. It's just the more yeah. points you get, the more sweet things you get to eat. And at the end, you know, <sighs> it doesn't matter who won. You all got to eat something. There is a game that is that, and I'm trying to remember. It's some oh, it's form of edible... D&D with biscuits, a board made out of biscuits, and yeah. you like eat the biscuits as you, yeah, as you go through. Um, there was a, I can't remember her name, and I apologize, yeah. but she had a uh, a line of edible games, and essentially it was like a cookbook of just different games that you can make with you. Like, right, and and that's, oh, the point. that's you didn't idea. sell them pre-made. Yeah. You it was, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to buy a new one every oh, time. I've never seen it. It was yeah, quite an impressive was, little spread. Yeah, she was at XOXO Fest, yeah. right? Yeah, oh. yeah. We, um, Let's get a, enjoy on that. Come on. There's a designer in the UK called um, well, they they're called Honey Badger uh, Games, and they do um, edible uh, polyhedral dice. So they do mm. like uh, dice sets that are gummy, um, and then they also do. They did. I don't know if they still do it, but they did a wonderful logic game that was made out of chocolate. So mm. uh, it would be one of these. One of these. Um, one of these chocolates is poisoned with a mystery flavor, and you would have to. He um, played a logic puzzle. Each person, each player, would have different information. You know that uh, the one of the white chocolates is poisoned. One of the well, I mean, that's you know, obvious. That kind of thing. White chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you you would you would change, you would um, have to kind of whittle it down by eating chocolate throughout the game, 
uh, until one of you ate the poison chocolate and lost. And the poison chocolate, I believe, was Marmite flavored. Oh, well, um, I'm just saying, up till that point, horrendous. This is the first date game I want to play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Um, Keith, this is your story to tell, not mine. So, but you know, we're married, so I'm going to tell it um, and unrecord it and put it on the internet. But um, when Keith. <laughs> Uh, was a kid, he would make like hard candies. That's true. But he would swap the color and the flavoring so that you would like totally. So you have an orange flavor, you know, it would be flavored orange, but colored purple, or it would be flavored lemon, but colored green, just because it was fun to, to take them into school. You know, and this is something I did in like, you know, second or third grade. You know, you take them into school and everybody thinks they know exactly what they're getting and then it just doesn't match. And it's that degree to which our 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 color creates assumptions. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like it would upset me. It upset you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm very disappointed. <laughs> It's, it's, I suppose it's fine if you like all of the flavors, but if you're very particular, you're like, oh, I only like the purple ones. Thank you very much. And then you're just like... Oh no, what's going on here? <laughs> the trust has been broken. Do you have uh, the made up flavor of blue raspberry? I was about to say, I think I'm responsible for that personally. <laughs> and, they were like, you, well, okay, <laughs> colors don't mean anything anymore. It can be blue raspberry. Like blue raspberry, it's not even a thing, but it's a like a made up flavor on in candy here in the US. I don't know if you have it there a lot or like that's an illegal. I would imagine it's called story. something different. Yeah. I don't know. We get like yeah. bubblegum flavor, which is blue. Yeah. Um, but what does that even mean? <laughs> like bubblegum right. flavored, you know, like it's just nonsense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> I was going to be like, it's like it's the same, just saying it after a color, like orange. I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Doesn't quite well, I feel sense. like you still have sometimes out here you'll get flavors that are just colors. Like there is a soda brand that sells red pop as if the flavor is just red yeah you know but the scary thing about it is that is that maybe they legally can't use the word cherry because it doesn't have enough I, cherry yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> i i have an i have an american friend who uh it blew his mind when he came over here that uh our orange soda as he would call it is yellow mm. because it's orange juice and it's it's orange flavored soda um whereas for him He'd only seen orange soda colored orange throughout his life. So he'd assumed it was soda that was orange rather than <laughs> soda that was flavored orange. Like a right. slice of and American it, cheddar. It didn't even orange. like, yeah, it didn't even like occur to me that that was something that people had to contend oh with. Is that a legal thing? Is there not enough orange juice in orange soda? So they color it orange so they don't have to change the name? Yeah. I think either that or certain colors being banned here, we're, we're a little bit. Picky about uh, what e-colors and stuff. over here, yeah. The oh, most interesting yeah. one was the literally orange juice. The yeah, difference you still between have orange juice and here and in the so you know. Yeah, this true. is like a little. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically. Yeah. I mean, I I say I say all this. We're picky about what we. Put in our food. I have Iron Brew, which you know is, as far as the label is concerned, is made out of rust. Um, <laughs> but, and they won't tell us what flavor it is, but I love it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to know it is one of the items in, in like, if you go into a supermarket, uh, um, they'll be like, in the, in the international section, there'll be like little British foods and it'll be like HP sauce, 
uh, iron brew, um, don't mean like digestive biscuits, arrow, arrow, uh, you know, is arrow is a British thing. It's often stuck in, in, yeah, it's stuck in there. Okay. I mean, wow. a lot of it is what expats have identified. So it may mm. not be popular anymore there, but it's what is mm. always like, maybe they, you know, I spent a couple of years living in China and my, uh, for some reason, I craved sandwiches, and uh, I also craved Cadbury's fingers. Those were the two things that were like, I, I just have to have these. <laughs> I don't know why. You don't mean Cadbury, you know, chocolate-covered biscuits. You mean, like, actual fingers of this fellow Cadbury. There's <laughs> a limited supply, really. <laughs> I can't believe you're hoarding them all. There's only 10 in the world. Jeez. <laughs> I've already eaten three and I'm coming for the rest. <laughs> what do you, what, what's, I mean, to keep board game tenuously related, what would you, mm. what would you have on the table if you were playing a game? Do you, it feels like an event whenever I go, I'm like, okay, I've got to bring something for the table. Is there something you'd go mm. to? Well, Simon and Schuster just published a really great book on, um, uh, game night snacks and, and recipes, uh, which I'm excited. Uh, I got a, a copy of, I'm excited to test out. There's like nine different popcorn flavor recipes in there that seem easy to do. And like, a uh, that I'm so excited to try. Uh, so that's one, um, definitely chocolate. Keith, Keith's a chocolate guy. We actually have a whole safe in our house with has just chocolate in it. Uh, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, had our it has our passports and chocolate so whenever we're traveling you take the passports out and you smell them and they smell like chocolate it's <laughs> amazing are these particularly um valuable chocolates or are you just decided that they were the most valuable thing to you well in in finding out things as a couple that you you know the temperament wise i'm the youngest of four kids by like eight years and growing up in our family it was like only when my mom did the weekly shop did like there would be a sweet thing in there. And so, you know, the car would pull up mom, you know, with all the groceries and my brothers would like tear down the stairs who are like eight and 11 years older than I am and help with the groceries just meant like picking out all the good stuff and then eating it even before the uh, <laughs> stuff was put away. Oh, wow. So anything that's sweet that like comes into my house, and I think I'm getting better at this as I'm, <laughs> you know, in my fifties now. But uh, there, I'm like that has to be eaten now. And whereas Keith, it he like would hide it, and it would be like we that would be the the, the similar situation because I was also the youngest child. But yeah. my response was not eat it right away. My response was like, hide it in the sofa cushions for when you actually wanted it. <laughs> so it was like the first year of our marriage and I would find like, you know, toffee crisps on the very back of like the our, uh, the soup cabinet. Uh, the soup cabinet. <laughs> and they would be expired from our like last trip, you know, that we got them at and, you know, and he's like, oh, I'll we'll have to throw it away. I'm like, throw it away. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. So like, Really great chocolate that, and I'm, I'm like, we cannot have chocolate all over our house, um, <laughs> but I know you need a safe. So I, I one year for a, a gift, I bought him the safe that I don't have the combination to uh, for all of the <laughs> right. chocolate. Uh, too. Like that so, is true love. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I can at any time just ask for a variety of chocolates and, you know, a small 
amuse bouche just put to, together for me Aww, and presented. So it's lovely. It's quite this lovely. is great. It's yeah. like Keith's guruing chocolate for you. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. like you've gone to a chocolate cafe and just ask for yes. a recommendation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. Um, I am very aware of when it comes to snacks of like putting your hands in a bowl that's shared, putting it in your mouth and then touching components like in, in, in this post pandemic world and, and mm. conventions and things like that. I just find that kind of gross. So mm. I like things that can be given to individuals that, you know, I hadn't even considered this as a pitfall to Keith's edible components uh, idea. I was more thinking of uh, if, like playing a game and just seeing that someone was chewing and just immediately that, cheating impulse of like what have you done you know <laughs> that would be what go through I my still head. think that, that this is going to be a game that basically accepts the fact that we're all going to die you know <laughs> uh, share your <laughs> right. to die. Just enjoy the ride yeah exactly it'll <laughs> be the you'll lose we'll one just... of your friends at the end of this <laughs> the last supper nice okay <laughs> oh my god that's so good <laughs> Other than oh, you'd be literally like selling it just in Tesco's or some or sure. Walmart. Yeah, yeah. And you've just got like in there and just be like, hey, this this if you want to poison your friends, here you go. Oh One no, we would, be, chance. we would be put on some sort of Florida man's ban list short. And, and my apology for anybody in I Florida mean, who would be interested in the game The Last Supper. Uh and <laughs> but I um yeah, maybe you might want to edit that part. Out. I'm the same for for uh, you know the poison your friends game. You know, Yellow Jackets. If you want to license a, a game, I when uh, when people are looking at Ravine, I'm always like, "That's Yellow Jackets, the game. It's really fun." <laughs> I do, I do love that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with Yellow Jackets, uh, the show? Mm, I haven't seen it yet, but I've been okay. told yeah. about Teens who are teens and ravine, in a ravine, you know, have uh, yeah. just the usual stuff. Have crashed, you know. They're on like some sort of teen crap, like cheerleading thing. Soccer, soccer no, it's thing. a soccer team. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah it's, it's hard on my to watch list. It's just where I can find it. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not easy, easily ravine. accessible yeah. in the UK. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But so, so not a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Let's do it. All right, time for some recommendations then. Um, who would like to go first? Mm. I can go first. Okay, um, sure. Then. Yeah, you had a very specific pitch, and um, I have cherry. Want to remind them what the pitch is? Then we've, we've, <laughs> we haven't talked about it in a, long enough. Ben, what, <laughs> what was the true. pitch? So we wanted a um, a game that doesn't take too long to set up, is appropriate for a couple can be taken maybe on a train or a plane, um, involves dice and maybe words and maybe not much spelling and fantasy and cats. And I, th I think that's everything, right? Maybe some other elements? Now, um, <laughs> I, I don't play a lot of word games, so I've just ignored that part of the, the, the ask <laughs> entirely. I've got zero recommendations for games to do with words. Um, so instead... I'm pitching a card drafting game called Fantasy Realms, which ticks a few of the boxes. I don't know if you've played it or not. I only recently played it, and that's why it's in my brain and I can't get rid of it. Um, but it's essentially a um, card drafting game. You have a hand of seven cards, and there's a line of cards in the middle. And in your turn, it's incredibly simple. You pick up either a random card off the deck or one of the visible cards from the, from the area in the middle, and then you discard one of your cards and put it down in the middle. 
and you're trying to build a hand. Um, so it's a bit sort of like like classic card games, but this has got a fantasy twist. You've got uh, all the standard fantasy tropes. You've got elves, dwarves, wizards, hydras, dragons, that kind of thing. And certain creatures and characters prefer to be with other characters. So maybe you've got um, uh, an amazing dwarven airship, but you've also got a, a storm card. And so now your airship is worth no points because it can't fly in the storm. Or maybe you've got a, um, a fire elemental, but you've all, it's also raining. So you need to get rid of your rain so your fire elemental can be good. And But then... Maybe getting rid of your rain is bad because your opponent picks that up because they've got some kind of elemental wi weather wizard who wants as many weather effects as possible. So you're so trying is to work it like out star realms, but a little bit more interaction of 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 cards rather than mm. purchasing cards and kind of moving things around. Um, it's more. It's, it's not some. It's not so in, as intricate as um, star realms or or. Um, What's the other one called? Hero, Hero Realms. Hero Realms. Um, it's more just you're building a hand, and at the end of the game, you reveal your hand and, and count up the score. And if that's the highest score wins. Rummy Gin sort of thing. Yeah, like exactly. Like Rummy or Gin, you're building sets. And as you um, as your opponent picks up certain cards, you're trying to guess what they're building for. So you're trying to build around that and not give them the cards they need, while also trying to hoover up the cards you do want. Mm. Um, Interesting. It's pretty straightforward. It takes about 20 minutes to play. It's quite fast-paced. Um, you can definitely, you only literally need the space to lay out seven cards. So you can play it on a very small area, very easy to travel with. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And I thought maybe you would too. All right. All right. Excellent. Do you have any questions on that? Or do you want to save them for once everybody's pitched their game? Yeah. I think yeah, we'll we save it. Yeah. Wait. Oh, okay. Uh, Dickie, would you like to go next? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of. Again, I'm kind of coming at words from a different angle. This is a storytelling game called Once Upon a Time that I'm absolutely still in love with. Um, it's one of the first things we got for the cafe when we opened, um, and I absolutely adore it. It's cool. Uh, so it's from 1993, so it's quite an old game now. I didn't realize it was that quite that old. But, um, but it's a storytelling game. You'll each have a different ending. Uh, in your in your starting hand, and you'll have a hand of uh, cards that might be uh, a character, or it might be an item, uh, or it might be uh, a thing, and you have to include that thing in your story. Um, so your story kind of rambles on, and each time you say a word that's in your hand, you play it down, and you're a step closer towards uh, towards getting to your ending. However, if you mention a word that is in the other person's hand, they can interrupt you and take over the story. Ooh. And the reason I thought this might be good is that I kind of see this as a, a yin and yang a clash between uh, Jen's image of fantasy and Keith's image of fantasy, both existing in the same world, but the story being taken in different directions. And I, I, I like that kind of um, epic clash between, I, I hesitate to say good and evil, but possibly <laughs> cuddly and scaly. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, this kind of tug of war between your, your two stories and the endings that you kind of both want to reach. Um, so when you've played the final card from your hand, 
Uh, you will have to you have to try and make your ending work with what everything that's happened in the story, uh, both of, of what both people have said, um, and you can be challenged on how well something fits into a story as well. Um, yeah. So you can't just say, "And then they died," um, which, <laughs> which I've seen happen a couple of times. That's how you win uh, improv. Yeah. Everyone knows this. Yeah. <laughs> then they got hit by. <laughs> put a full stop in the middle of that sentence um but yeah it's it's got these really kind of beautiful um kind of fantasy illustrations very kind of soft watercolor but with that kind of edge of darkness underneath it which is nice um and it's it's a really thing it can be played by more people but it, it's 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 very, very travel worthy. Um, it's it's one of these things. It's got a box that's about the size of a, a, a standard novel. It's kind of a small box ish game. But then you open that up, and it's just air. Um, there's two decks of cards, and that's it. So that's all you need to do. So um, yeah, for a travel version, just two two packs of uh, two packs of cards, and then you're off. You're off and ready once you know the rules and stuff. Um, but yeah. I will say that maybe that was one of the most beautifully pitched games that I've heard because it's really rare to talk like a lot of times when people are talking about a game, they'll they'll kind of run into the mechanics of and I'm a, and and what you just did was actually just share like a nice balance between mechanics, but then kind of give us a picture of what that experience might be like for us playing. And that that's why people love to play games like they want to be able to know what they're getting into not just this is how a card moves on the table and um so anyway i love that and i'm like we should play that game now i'm like we should play that we have that like several copies of that game i think but it's been years since we played so all right thank you I mean, it's a, it, no giveaways. It's a, I mean, he's final. Yeah. It's it's often pitched as a game for like four or five people because it's can the story can go in lots of different directions. But as a as a two player game, I think it's a bit more of an uh, you know like they hesitate to use the word intimate, but you know it's a bit more of a personal experience. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's I think it's great. So, uh, all to play for. Uh, we're coming into the last <laughs> round here. Ah, <laughs> uh, I might, I might have to pivot now. That Dickie's done such a great one. I think, I think my my original one that I did mention was 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 going to be um, Qwerty. However, based on this, I might go for a So Clover, So Clover, which is one that um, has been mentioned. Dickie, Dickie just mentioned this before, um, but. It's a very good game for couples who are trying to figure out how each other thinks. So, so Clover, you get this kind of plastic um, four-leaf clover, and then what will happen is you're drawing some words, and then it, they, they get placed on the clover. And so what will happen is on each of the four leaves, it'll kind of have a, a two words will be will be matched. And the idea is that you're trying to communicate with each other the orientation of these um, words on the on the, on the clover. So they all get four four of these circles get stuck on and then you'll write in um, removable ink what joins those two together but the idea is that you've got four of these sides and you're trying to link all of them and then during the game you're going to throw in a fifth one to mix up to make it really difficult and the idea is that you might say something like um, it'll be like pirate and 
accounting and then you'll be like okay how do i mix pirate and accounting in a in a fun way that my partner will remember what that is or think about what it is and how it will how it's associated and you might just say banker and then they'll be like oh yeah absolutely so the idea is that you'll have these four words around the side and you're trying to get them into the correct orientation after um I've, got, I've done a terrible job of explaining this already. The first part of it is to write out what you think it is, and then you break it down, and then you give it a shuffle, and then you place it back, uh, and then you, you give it to your partner, and then they basically will try and figure it out. Now, it's good in multiple uh, people, like several, but it works in two players. I've played it with my wife, and we've enjoyed it very much, although it's, it's a little bit more of a, a game where you're just kind of like looking at them as they're trying to orientate these, um, <laughs> these circles with words on you, like, okay, well... These two work over here, but it doesn't necessarily work over here. Pirates, but I've just got a word that says uh, ship on, and then they're trying to figure out how that will work. So, I've never actually thought of that game as a thinking how, like learning how somebody else thinks. Mm-hmm. I think of that as uh, like code names. Like I, I love recommending that for people who are new to games for like teenagers or like they're going on a camping, you know, they're going away for the weekend or something and Mm. uh, with their parents. And I was like, this is a great way to kind of understand how each other is thinking without like the pressure of like, you know, of different things. But I, I love the, and so it's so clever or so, so clover, which one? So clover. clover. Okay. In the UK at the very least, it's, it's so clover. Okay. And, and it has like these little plastic, uh, four leaf clover things, and each petal holds a, a pre-done card. Yep. And then in the center, you write on a whiteboard thing what kind of connects them together. And then when you take the cards off, that person has to kind of figure out what order and which petal they were on, right? Yeah. Yeah. What orientation they might be. So if if you've got a, a leaf that has two uh, slots on it and the word written on it is uh, spreadsheet, uh, it might take you a minute to work out that one of those words could be, um, and you'll have like four, five cards in front of you, all that can be twisted in, in different orientations. So you might have to work out um, that, you know, one of them is is spread, uh, one of them's butter, sorry, and one of them's blanket, and together they come together to be spreadsheet, you know. Um, because you're, it is, Rich is absolutely right. It's that window into how people think. My favorite one of all time was um, two words, uh, nail and moon. And the and someone had been thinking for absolutely ages about how they were going to link these things. And the clue they went with was Armstrong. And when I realized that it was nail Armstrong, I just, it was, I loved that person so much more. It was just that kind of like window into their sense of quite a dry person, you know, that I hadn't really got a read on. And then as soon as they did that, I was like, oh, you're okay. We like you. Yeah, 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 that's nice. I'm still thinking about pirates and accountants and just thinking of the, the constant. <laughs> How do you think those two? Monty Python. <laughs> well, <Cool. perhaps. laughs> Um. And then it kind of, so Clover is kind of like a, a nice, I think a little bit more um, concrete. Have you ever played Medium? Yes. Where you're kind of thinking of, which is fun, but it's still that like, what's the connection between two words? And are you kind mm. of 
connecting with it, but you can't so, really play that game with two mm-hmm. players. So. so I'm curious. I mean, Jennifer yeah. Ellis, you no, do don't you ask me. A, yeah. <laughs> I would say so, over. I would say uh, once upon a time, and what was the third? You were just asking this question because you want to be prepared for yeah, when yeah, someone asks awful. you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so my question is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, uh, put some things here. I do have one thing to say that I find interesting, and this is a. I think it's a cultural thing too, um, is the whole category of storytelling games. You know, as we make a lot of, you know, Keith has made Gloom, of course, the Adventure Zone, we call a storytelling game because it is a card-based RPG and we don't really want it to be in the category of like, you know, it's a one-shot type thing. It's it's lighter. And I find it interesting. I do feel like, I don't know if it's a cultural thing uh, in the UK with there's more storytelling is kind of part of the, the nature there. And like, Oh, you have a, a radio show that is like the short story, you know, like there's already these connections, whereas um, like, it's very interesting to me when I walk into a game store in the U S there's no section for storytelling games or people don't really necessarily always call them out as their own genre. Um, you know, oh, it's a card game. Well, Gloom is a much better game when you're playing with the story and you're telling the story than than that. And also, you know, what is Once Upon a Time without that storytelling element? So mm. um, I just feel like um, you lean into it more and like there's... I think I think they can sometimes get lumped in with party games as something that is not necessarily a thoughtful experience or something that's maybe not as... Um, kind of involved or and and the, you don't kind of give yourself to it's something that's just happening around you but i i absolutely think the the more you put in the better you better your experience is going to be i've played games of gloom with people who insist that they just want to play the numbers game side of it and want to leave the storytelling out and for me that is such a lesser experience i mean don't get me wrong i've i've played with people who just want to play the storytelling and not the numbers as well so it's it's just kind of where people's brains lie but um for me you know it needs kind of both sides of it as the creator of the game i would be more inclined to play it with just the story than with just the numbers if I had to do one or the other, I mean, again, I agree with you. It's supposed to be the balance, but yeah. if I had to choose between those, the the story to me is what makes it unique. But anyway. I have questions because we got to narrow this down. Yeah, we got to narrow this down. So first of all, so we've got So Clover, we've got Fantasy Realms, mm-hmm. and we've got Once Upon a Time. And I would like to know how long do each of these games take? Um, well, for my one, for Fantasy Realms, Board Game Geek says 20 minutes. It's hard for me to say because I I played it like six player and it definitely took longer than that. Um, but with two player, I imagine 20 minutes, maybe even 15. Mm. Yeah, I mean, with So Clover, you can probably put a round out in 10 minutes for two players, really. It's really not that that long. It really depends on how creative you're being when it comes to those words or whether or not you're adding challenges to yourself. Because you could play it over an hour and then you'd be like, okay, you can't reuse words. You can't do this, that and the other. And then you could become like a really interesting uh, experience by kind of enriching that with other other ideas as you go along. So are you saying so Clover is a short game that you could play multiple rounds of? Yes. Okay. Um, with Once Upon a Time, it, it very much depends on the players because, you know, uh, it, it's up to you whether or not you put 15 minutes of backstory into the the uh, the woodcarver who, you know, has 
<laughs> you know, how, how deep how deep do we want to go into the woodcarver's uh, backstory? What's his motivation? Um, but you can just go, there's a woodcarver who has an axe that chops a tree that, you know, it's, it is up to you. And it's, it's kind of one of these, um, it's a bit of a gaseous game. It, it, it will fill the, fill the container it is given, you know? <laughs> um, so if you are on that long, long train journey, you can kind of, you know, wander, you know, meander a little bit through the story rather than, uh, kind of dash through it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of up to you, but I would say if you're playing once upon a time over, over for 45 minutes, you're probably bored. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, you would, I would say the kind of sweet spot is about that kind of 20 for a two player game, at least, uh, is about that kind of 20, 25 minutes game. I've made um, my pick. Keith. We'll see. I still have one more question okay. and, and I think okay. the answer is. And, and separate checks really. So we yeah. can both have, you know, something different sure. on, on our list. Uh, yeah. the, the main thing is, is I think everything's equal here, but I just have to make sure I haven't missed something, which is, uh, I, I love dice games. Uh, are any of these have <laughs> dice at all? I'm afraid not with mine, no. Wow, think, no, that's an oversight. Right, I think you're all even on that, though. So so it doesn't yeah. factor in. If someone had this <laughs> game in there, I might have felt I had to I had to, to wait that. But yeah. um all right, Jeff Ramos, what you got? Um, I'm shocked at myself at, at, that this is my choice, but I will uh um I will I will say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the mask off and say it's me. I'm I'm the person, and I'm. <gasps> I know, shocking. Um, uh, so, all of these games I want to play. So they're all on our list now. You've all pitched, done a great job. But as far as uh, you know, what I would want to play when I was really thinking about this moment here, um, it is. Fantasy Realms is one where I would be really afraid that Keith would totally min-max every situation. He would have gotten the app if there was an app beforehand and totally figured everything out and kind of take some of the joy out of it. I would not have done that. I would have gone in the day before to talk to him. Totally different situation. I don't feel like the part, like your partner's actions should take away from my recommendation. <laughs> this is definitely a user end issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm just saying that I would, I would enjoy that game, but as a partner dynamic, I probably yeah. wouldn't feel like, this is going to be a highlight of our trip. This is just going to be something I'm just going to be like, really, you know, and, um, and then I'm going to have to do my own, like, you know, uh, montage of getting up to speed and, uh, <laughs> training uh, montage. Yeah. <laughs> do, <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> um, um, the, uh, once upon a time story. Once upon a time, um, which I do remember playing with you a yes. long time ago. Um, so, I, I think I had this like wonderful fantasy of us playing that game when you you were describing it, and um, but I also know that um, we tend to play games when we're traveling. So. Coming up this week, we're on a little board game tour of the Pacific, a board game cafe tour of the Pacific Northwest. We're doing these Illumat second edition like stuff, and it's going to be really great. But by the time the evening rolls around, we're going to be a little tired. 
And that's kind of where my energy peters out as far as stories, whereas Keith kind of keeps on going. So again, another game that I like, but I have to be in prime form in order to win, which, you know, again, this is why competitive is okay with me. I, I kind of want to be on an even ground, which is really hard with him. So, so I like that, but maybe not for today. So it's so clever, clover. Uh, clover. <laughs> and also it doesn't have the dice, but those little plastic green clover things are really cute. So it, it kind of adds like a, like, Oh, I brought out, you know, for the train journey, here's a couple of bottles of this and look at these cute little green <laughs> things. We're going to play a game. And, and the words are generated for me. So I don't like, all I have to do is kind of find those connections and understand that other person. So the focus is on them rather than me beating them. Um, so maybe I did want a, something cooperative all along. <laughs> I knew that. Absolutely. I that's, read into that's what the real mess being revealed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my pick for, for, for this. Uh, so now we're going to have to pick this up before we go to Seattle on Thursday. Apparently yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, and, and I accept that Jen set the challenge. So I know you haven't had two guests before, but I'm just saying, I, I feel that, that Jen's I get separate picks. What's, you know, what's, what's night two. I mean, I'm going to, to host the first night's game. Yeah. This is a game. Because I was going to do a cat based dice game, uh, <laughs> that was highly competitive and, you know, I mean, so, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I will say I am, uh, I am certainly interested in hearing this. Uh, in fantasy realms, just because I haven't played it and love a good semi-classic, you know, with a fantasy twist. So I'm very curious about that in terms of, of, of whereas. So something you would pick up beforehand, just because, you know, as a designer, you want to understand how it works. Just so I understand how it works. Of course, like I said, that's, I was, I was at the cafe yesterday (laughs) because I thought that's what we were going to be playing. And now we're playing so clever, apparently. And all that time I spent is completely wasted. Um, and and so just just completely out of the tree in terms of of what would I randomly you know pick if I was on my own? Uh, I I'm curious about fantasy realms. Um, once upon a time, and I almost called it over the edge because that is another of my favorite things from Atlas Games. Uh, once upon a time, I I love, but uh, but of, of course that's one just I know better. Mm-hmm. So you know, whereas Fantasy Realms is getting the edge because I'm like, oh, sounds interesting. Yeah, I'd like to really see how different. that works. Yeah. Um, but I still feel you set the challenge that your your vote should. should All right, so clever it is. I support it. Yeah, but three <laughs> great recommendations Absolutely. that we would definitely like literally try and. I think other than So Clover, we actually have all of those games. <laughs> we have a lot of games in Shrink Run. <laughs> I, I think we're saying Hero Realms and Fantasy Realms mixed up. Yeah. Like fantasy realms. Okay, well, let's dig deeper. We've got bins. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, that was, I definitely didn't see that coming. Um, yeah, what a twist Congratulations. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Well, um, well, but again, so much. three amazing pitches, three kind of understanding like yeah it i mean that's the amazing thing about a board game cafe i i i love them so much because they're people who are really really reflective of what what experience you're going to have and kind of what you know the vibe that a game creates right i always call them like mm-hmm. you're creating a little milieu in someone on someone's kitchen table like what's that mm-hmm. world we're creating so even if it's a board game and not a 
RPG or something like we're still creating a, a vibe there. What is it? And if so, let's lean in, into it more and kind of understand what we're doing. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for picking the correct game. Uh, you can definitely come back. <laughs> much appreciate it. Uh, but no, well, thank you for taking all the time out from your busy, busy creative lives. Um, where can people find you? What, what are you up to? Yeah, so uh, we're very busy. We just released uh, the second edition of Illimat, which is... Um, a uh, classic style game that feels like something that uh, came from another time or you found in your grandfather's attic. Like a classic card game with a fantasy twist. Yeah, no, there's yeah. no fantasy <laughs> in it. Um, but uh, it has kind of like a mystical uh, uh, relate. So it's kind of classic style mechanics, uh, but with some dynamic changes that go through a little kind of tarot-esque vibe to it. Um, and then soon to be released, Cool, 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 which is a fun little slap game of uh, fun slang, affirmative slang uh, that has variant rules and combinations that you have to get and play uh, in order to win the pile. And so it kind of creates a fun, um, uh, slightly manic atmosphere, uh, but it's all words of, of great joy. In fact, one of the things, reasons that inspired us to, to make the game is we would be demoing games. We we did a uh, we were in Boston and we were teaching people how to play Illimat. And someone asked us if we can do a move, and they said cool. And then someone would say cool, 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 and they would echo back and forth. And then we went from Boston to the UK, and we were um, uh, in Glasgow, and uh, someone did that, and like they same did the thing. same exact thing. And I was like, so it was this fun call and response of kind of universal coolness and. <laughs> And we just kind of thought, well, it's a word that means all these wild different things and let's just have some fun with it. And I think just uh, strange and wild joy is always on the table. So, And I love the the distinction between the person who you say, you know, can they do this move? And you say, yes. And they say, cool. And the person who says, okay, how's this stockpiling work? And you say, well, you do this and that. And they go, cool. <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> either way, very different. And yet yeah. the same word. Um, we also have a new expansion for Illimat called the False Baron set um, and the Syzygy coin, which has some in-game uh, um, uh, effects. Okay. Um, I, I'm and, very excited. Uh, yeah. Uh, Together Studios is T-W-O-G-E-T-H-E-R. Did I spell that right? I yes. Can't, I can't spell it. Together. Uh, Together.com <laughs> is where you can find everything. Um Shipping from the U.S. into the U.K. is terrible, So, uh, but all of them are in distribution, hopefully in your friendly local game store and game cafe soon. So, And aside from that, uh, oh. you can also find me on Patreon if you uh, where I run a, a game once a month for uh, anyone who wants to play. Yeah, so, a D&D game. Yeah, D&D game. So Keith Baker on Patreon. And um, also I've been writing for a video game called Wayfinder. That is coming out in a couple months. So mm -hmm. keep an eye out for that. Oh, very cool. Just going in like the full spectrum. The full spectrum of all, of all we do. Yeah. You will see us soon, if if nothing else. That's kind of where you're going with this. Like we're just everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're no avoiding it. It would be really cool because <laughs> we're doing this um tour of these this like uh uh chain of uh 
game cafes in the Pacific Northwest. Wouldn't it be cool to do one in the UK and just yeah, like if only if, it's if, a if good like one that had like multiple of, of game cafes? We would yeah. go and if we knew the in person, that would be yeah, really cool. that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I actually don't know any. That's a uh, tough yeah. one. I figured there probably wasn't anything out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and Ben, where, where can everyone find mm. us? Well, please leave a review of the podcast on your app of choice. Check us out on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And please share and tell your friends. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.